Going for the One is the eighth studio album by English progressive rock band Yes, released on 15 July 1977 by Atlantic Records. After taking a break in activity in 1975 for each member to release a solo album and their 1976 North American tour, the band relocated to Montreux, Switzerland to record their next studio album. During rehearsals keyboardist Patrick Moraz left the group, which marked the return of Rick Wakeman who had left to pursue a solo career after differences surrounding Tales from Topographic Oceans, 1973. In a departure from their previous albums, Going for the One features shorter and more direct songs without a concept and so yes record with new engineering personnel and cover artists. Going for the One received a mostly positive response from music critics who welcomed the band's return to more accessible music. It was a commercial success, reaching number one on the UK albums chart for two weeks and number eight on the US Billboard 200. Wondrous Stories and Going for the One were released as singles. The former went to number 7 in the UK and remains the band's highest charting single in the country. It was certified gold by the Recording Industry Association of America, RIAA, within a month for selling 500,000 copies. Yes supported the album with a six-month tour of North America and Europe. A remastered edition was released in 2003 containing previously unreleased tracks from the album's recording sessions. In August 1975, Yes wrapped their 1974-1975 tour of North America and the UK in support of their seventh studio album, Relayer, 1974. The lineup during this time was lead vocalist John Anderson, bassist Chris Squire, guitarist Steve Howe, drummer Alan White, and keyboardist Patrick Moraz. For their next move, the group decided to take an extended break so each member could record and release a solo album. They regrouped for their 1976 tour of North America from May to August, which saw Yes perform some of their highest attended concerts. By October 1976, the band had become tax exiles and relocated to Montreux, Switzerland, to record a new studio album at Mountain Studios, their first studio album recorded overseas. They arrived at the studio when Emerson Lake and Palmer were supposed to have finished works, 1977, but they were running over time leaving the group to work at a rehearsal space nearby for several weeks. A substantial amount of writing and arranging of their new material was done during this time. In the first two months of writing and recording, Moraz was let go from the band, which he did not expect. Anderson thought he just wasn't playing like he was involved, and that his sound was not too good, and that affected his vibe, it was obvious that he just wasn't getting off on what we were doing. Several months after his exit, Moraz said he had to leave because of the enormous psychological pressures at the time within the group. I felt there were a few things going on that I didn't know, unfortunately some people did not play the game fair, although the final decision was taken by all members. The decision was made after Rick Wakeman, who had left Yes in 1974 over differences surrounding their ambitious double album Tales from Topographic Oceans, 1973 and whom Moraz replaced, was invited to play on going for the one as a session musician by Yes manager Brian Lane and business partner Alex Scott. Wakeman had pursued a successful solo career but by mid-1976, he faced money issues after his tour earlier in the year had met its minimal targets. He became interested to play with Yes again after he had heard a tape of early versions of two of their new songs, Going for the One and Wondrous Stories. Upon his arrival at Switzerland, Wakeman was surprised by how much the band had changed. We began relating to each other for the first time. 
I think we had all grown up and became much more mature. Maybe I had to grow up more than them. At a subsequent party held by Claude Nobbs, Lane and Squire convinced Wakeman to become a full-time member as the group would have difficulty in finding a suitable replacement to play Wakeman's parts on their upcoming tour, but did not tell him that they had already informed the press of his return. Wakeman found out when he saw himself on the front cover of Melody Maker which had printed the news on 4 December 1976. In a departure from their previous four studio albums, Yes recorded going for the one with new engineering personnel. Since 1970, they had worked with audio engineer and producer Reddy Offord, who also mixed the band's live sound in concert. After their relay tour, however, Offord thought the band's style had become a bit stale, and thought a break from the band to pursue other projects was needed. Offord was replaced by recording engineer John Templey, who was assisted by David Richards. In a first for the band, the album was produced entirely by Yes, it is also the first engineering job for Yes's future sound mixer Nigel Lube, who did little more than watch and acquaint myself with the equipment. Squire recalled numerous heated arguments over the use of Echo on the album, as some members liked it and others did not. After constructing extended tracks since 1973, Yes decided to scale things back and record songs that critic and author Chris Welch described as user-friendly. In one instance, Howe recalled the band had started to arrange another five-minute introduction to a song before they abandoned it and realized there are more ways of getting into songs, it was time to go back as Anderson described the album's direction. The album is a kind of celebration, over the last two or three years we've been experimenting a lot and we're happy to have been given that chance. Any musician should be given the chance to extend his horizons and luckily we've been successful enough to do so. But generally we think of this as a more eventful album. We've come back to a happier medium. It's something we felt we wanted to do at this time. If we wanted another Tales concept we would have gone in that direction, but we needed to relax for a while, a little more laughing and jive. In addition to recording at Mountain Studios, the organ on Parallels and Awaken were played on the church organ at St. Martin's Church in the town of Vevey, some four miles away. The band thought of hiring a mobile recording studio to record on location, but they were advised to rent a telephone line for the day as the quality of the country's lines are of high fidelity and can be fed through directly to the studio in Montreux. With Wakeman in the church and the rest of the band in the studio, White counted the band in and they played the song through. Wakeman described the experience as absolute magic. Wakeman changed his sound on the album with the use of a Moog, a polyphonic analog synthesizer which supplemented his traditional use of the Mellotron, Hammond organ, the RMI Electra piano, and the monophonic Minimoog synthesizer. Going for the One was originally written by Anderson around two or three years before the album was recorded. He had presented the song to the group at that time but the other members chose not to develop it further. When it came to selecting material for Going for the One, Anderson presented the song once more and it was selected for the album. Its meaning was inspired from a variety of ideas, including sport, horse racing, a film he once saw about going down the Grand Canyon River on one of those rubber dinghies, and the cosmic mind how plays a steel guitar for the entire song, a first in his tenure with the group. Some years later, he viewed the track as a dynamic piece of music that was underrated and an underplayed song of the band's repertoire. Turn of the Century is credited to Anderson, Howe, and White the only track on the album that credits the latter as a writer. The song tells the story of Roan, a sculptor whose wife dies in the winter and, while in grief of her death, carves a statue of her and she is brought back to life. Anderson gained the idea from the opera La Boheme, 
with additional inspiration from the Greek mythological figure Pygmalion, who falls in love with a statue of a woman that he carved. It was considerably shorter in length in its original form, but as the band continued to develop the song further Anderson suggested the song should tell the story musically before he added lyrics. White came up with the song's chord sequences on piano and also wrote the initial vocal melody, which Anderson took her liking to and wrote words for. The chords were later developed further in certain sections by Howe. White also wrote the section where the drums incorporate the timpani towards the end. The opening minutes of the track became one of Howe's favorite pieces of music by the band. Parallels was part of a collection of songs that Squire had written for his solo album Fish Out of Water, 1975, but were left out due to the limited capacity of a vinyl record. He also felt the song did not fit with the style of the other tracks on his album. When it came to selecting songs for Going for the One, Squire suggested the song for the group to record, which was received well by the other members. In its rough form, the song contained no guitar riffs, its lyrics address the idea of hope, a recurring theme of Squire's lyrics. Wondrous Stories is the second track on the album solely written by Anderson. He wrote the song during a beautiful day while living in Switzerland, one of those days you want to remember for years afterwards. During the day, the lyrics to the track entered his mind that he later wrote down. He noted the song's meaning as the joys of life, as opposed to the uptightedness of some aspects of life that was inspired by romantic stories and a kind of dream sequence. White contributed the idea of the drums and bass playing on odd beats. Awaken is credited to Anderson and Howe. Anderson first thought of the song when he started to read The Singer, a classic retelling of Cosmic Conflict, 1975, by Calvin Miller while living in Switzerland, who details an ageless hymn about a star song that is sung every now and again. Anderson drew further inspiration from a book about the life of Dutch painter Rembrandt, which had affected him quite significantly. The music originated from an incident at a hotel when Anderson heard how repeatedly play a chord sequence on his guitar as he walked by which led Anderson to sing some lyrical ideas on top of it on tape. Howe had written the beginning of the guitar solo previously, which was originally to be a part of a solo guitar piece. Mraz wrote an introduction for the song which was not used, but was adapted into time for a change on his solo album Out in the Sun, 1977. Anderson wished to incorporate the harp into the song's middle section and dream the audience, sort of Vivaldi and later considered the song's lyrics and its final section with Wakeman's keyboards to be particularly strong. The song features choral passages performed by the Richard Williams singers, whose musical arrangements were directed by Wakeman, and the Ars Laito of Lausanne, recorded at the Église des Planches, a church in Montreux. An early version of the song's introduction was performed live during the band's final gig on the Relay Tour, in 1975. In addition to a change of producers and engineers, Going for the One also marked a departure in the band's choice of artwork design. Since 1971, they had worked with English artist Roger Dean who became known for his surreal and fantastical landscapes and designed their logo. While the band were recording, Dean had an idea for its sleeve he thought would suit the album which involved pieces of rock floating in the sky with the largest piece containing trees and a pool of water. It was intended to be a sequel designed to his art on the band's first live album, Yes Songs, 1973. However, when Dean flew to Montreux to pitch his idea, his idea was turned down. Dean recalled visiting the studio to find Anderson painting a cover of what he wanted and seemed uninterested in seeing his own design. In the end, he claimed he did not present his ideas to any other band member. Howe claimed a certain member was no longer interested in working with Dean, 
which ended their collaboration until Drama, 1980. The band commissioned Storm Thorgerson and Aubrey Powell of Hypnosis to design the artwork. They came up with a marked change in direction that represented a new, revitalized attitude within the band and their return to more direct and concise songs. Artist George Hardy contributed to the graphical design. Presented as a gatefold sleeve, the front cover depicts a standing nude male looking towards multiple skyscrapers against a blue sky. Dean's logo designed for the band was retained and is credited in the liner notes. Inside features a photograph of each band member by Lake Geneva with a background depicting a tree above the lake. Melody maker reporter and band biographer Chris Welch later wrote about the cover, Gone were the elaborate Roger Dean landscapes. In their place came stark, geometric simplicity. Anticipating computer designs of the future. It symbolized a new look for Yes, Martin Popoff reviewed the design in 2016. A new accelerated, late 70s escapism through the clean lines of hypnosis, who combined slick, futuristic geometric urban angles with a man in his birthday suit, perhaps urgently propelling the band forward, while simultaneously embracing roots.